Good evening, everybody, and tonight is another night of Living Love Fucking Podcast, episode 10, 10, 10. Um, couples edition. From Pennsylvania, well, Florida, you guys are in Florida now, right? Florida. Well, yes. what, part of, what part of Florida are you guys from? We are in St. Cloud. So I have no idea what part of Florida that is. Can that is in Kissimmee, Central Florida. Okay, so you're next to Orlando, because all I know is Orlando, the yes. east side of it. Okay, <laughs> so you're there. So tonight's guest, I want to definitely get some more insight because this is a special couple that I know because they have a wonderful story and I would love to I love for you guys to share it with everybody because it has a happy ending. Not every story starts awfully, you know, with a with a happy beginning, but the ending is beautiful. I think powerful and I think it could influence other people to do the same. So first things first, can I have your names? What is your name? My name is Andrea. I'm Orlin. And we've been together for 10 years. So 10 years being and together. Yeah, three years married, 10 years together. How many kids? Um, two kids. I have two boys too as well, and then I feel like it's the hardest thing in the world. They're the large oh. gap. The age difference is really big. Um, yes, almost eight years, and it's a war. But yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. So first things first, how did you guys get together? We actually met the day after I left my ex. I ended an abusive relationship, basically ran away. It was the day before my birthday, and I saw him at his aunt's house, who I grew up with. I liked how he looked, and I asked him out. Wait, the next day? No, I asked him out the same day. <laughs> so, wait. so wait, hold on. Let me, let me repeat this, this part. So you left a toxic relationship, mm-hmm. and, and the next day you found him, and you're like, yo, this, this guy's cute. Fuck it. Was he a rebound stress relieving guy at the moment? Or you're like, okay, I want to go out with this guy. Oh, okay, I was kind of no. drunk. <laughs> okay. Never mind. That's how I got lucky. Okay. Well, okay, because I was thinking psychologically, like, oh, you know, you were stressed out. And you just said, fuck it, I'm going to go get myself a rebound guy or something. But, hey, you know, drinking shit happens well, all the time. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It was my 21st birthday. It was the day before my 21st birthday. I was with my brother and my best friend. They took me to my, to my cousin's house, who lived in his aunt's house. And I was just having fun. When he came downstairs, I was actually about to take my clothes off to jump into the pool. I didn't have any bathing suits on. He walks <laughs> down, he stays all quiet, and my cousin's like, this is Berlin. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And he stays so quiet, and I'm like, what you doing tonight? He's like, I'm hanging out with some friends. I'm like, you should invite me over. You should pick me up and take me with you. <laughs> He's like, okay. And then um, he didn't ask me for my phone number or anything. So I looked over at my bestie and I'm like, how are you going to take me out if you don't have my phone number? And he was like, can I have your phone number? I was like, yeah, sure. So I gave him my phone number and I told him to call me later. And um, well, hold on, hold on. That's not how it happened, bro. <laughs> I was chilling. I was chilling upstairs. It was the third floor. I hear all this chitter chatter out the window. I see, mm, I see people downstairs. I'm like, okay, let me go take a shower and I'm gonna go downstairs. 
I go downstairs and I sit down. And that's when we start talking. And she starts asking questions. I start asking questions. She's laughing all the, the whole time. And yeah, she basically did, you know. She probably did pretty much. So, okay, so that's, so that's, how the, that's, is, that's the other point of view of the story. Exactly. So what, 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 was your, what was your mindset going through during that time frame? So her, she was going through a whole toxic relationship. She's out. She wants a party, her birthday. What were you going? What was you going through your mind? I was, I was uh, to be honest, I was on a rampage. I had just came back from Dominican Republic. I was, like, just chilling for a hot minute after I, I, I moved back from uh, Pennsylvania to New Jersey. And I was just looking to settle down just, just to chill. But I was having fun at that time. So after that day, you guys exchanged numbers and you guys started dating, right? Going yeah, days. we started talking and hanging out almost every day, but basically every day ever ever since. And I, I was working at a place, and I got her a job there, so we were working there together as well. At first, we were just messing around, so it was it was just all fun and stuff like that. But we kind of knew that we were gonna end up being together. Is that true? Can you confirm or say he's sugarcoating something right now too? Um, it's true. We were messing around. He even dated somebody else. He moved her in and everything. It was so, crazy. Okay, so hold on. So while you were messing around, he was dating somebody else too. Oh yeah, he was. Can um, you, can but you he never forgot about this, me though. This, this I mean, I plead, the, I plead the fifth, brother. That's, that's all <laughs> I can say. Well, you guys are just talking. So in reality, I mean, those that are listening, you could pop in on that question and say, does it count if you're just talking? It doesn't count. Perfect. It, it doesn't like matter, that. really. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah, we were just talking. We were getting to know each other. It's not like we're going to, like, we're mature adults at that time. We're not just going to hop into something without, you know, knowing if, if, if it's something that we want to continue with. So uh, that's the best way to, to go about something. Because the thing is that I was always wanting to come back to her. So that, that was telling me, man, if, if you let this go, it's not going to you're not gonna get it she has a child already when you met her correct yep how did that how was your impact your reaction to that i mean the way i look at it is my parents they've always been together my parents are the the craziest funniest couple ever um and i grew up having them together so i always wanted to have a family i always wanted to have a kid um and i just fell in love with jojo because like he was just amazing. Like he, he called me dad and that's what I wanted. Like I wanted to be a father. I wanted to teach. Um, you know, my family was all together. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have kids. That's always been my vision. And it was just, it came natural to me. I felt like if I let this go, have her having a kid shouldn't be like a problem. It's not, it's not something that I wouldn't want. And, 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 like being able to take care of somebody doesn't matter if you're you're the father biologically or if you're just like the father that's raising the kid it's it's not about you know who brought you into this world it's about who puts the the effort um who teaches you basically all the basics who teaches you how to play ball who teaches you how to be a man it's like that's the most important part of life you could have somebody who's there for you um as a father um but is not present for you that's that's not a father figure you know and and 
based on the relationship that my mom and dad had, it's something that I want to pass on to the future because that's what keeps society together. I just wonder because I had speakers here before and I've met men that tell me sometimes they have a hard time accepting other, other kids from other, other relationships. Um, maybe because of the baby daddy drama. They don't want to be involved with those kind of people. Um, to be honest, um, it's a good thing and a bad thing, um, but I, I got lucky that person wasn't, you know, in there sure? like that. Like, he, I, I didn't have to go through that. But you met that guys that pretty much said that sometimes it's kind of rough to date people with kids. Because I yeah, see yeah. on and off as, as, as a problem. People use it as a problem or excuse. I don't see a problem with it, you know? I mean, it, it depends on the relationship that you build with the kid. You have to, and you have to create a foundation of respect, mutual respect. Just with any with any relationship that you build, you have to have that mutual respect in order for there to be a proper balance to carry out the relationship. So, if you don't do that, then that's where you have the issues. But if, if never never talk bad about you know the other kid's father or the other kid's mother, if you're the mother or if you're the father, let them have their own opinions on what they they're going through with that part of the relationship and just try to be the best parent that you could be for that person another thing that we did that was different to a lot of people's situation is that when it became time when it came time for his father his sperm donor to be involved in his life Warlin wasn't involved for the most part he kept himself out of it he said that you know, unless he was needed in the picture, he didn't want to be involved in it, but not like in a bad way, not saying, oh, that's not my issue, that's not my problem, but saying as in, I respect whatever it is that you decide. If he is going to be in his life, then great. And if he's not, then we're ready to talk about it with, with our son. When did you tell him you had a kid? He met him on the first day. Really? Yes. The first day when we met, he already... I introduced my son to him and I was like, this is my child. I didn't hide anything. I, I said everything straight up. This is my child. I'm 21. I have a child. <laughs> is that a problem to you? Do you like kids? That was one of my questions while I was like interviewing him. Do you like kids? How are you with kids? Do you have kids? Did at any point when you were single again, did you thought it would be a little difficult for you to start dating again? No. Uh, live. I live trying not to fear things. Leaving a domestic relationship like that was hard because you have a tendency of going back. I went back. I went back a few times. And the reason that I was able to stay away from it was because I met him. No matter how many other people I had met, I still wanted to go back because that companionship is something that I miss. There's a saying in Spanish that says, la costumbre más fuerte que el amor, meaning the, when you're accustomed to something, that's stronger than love, and that's stronger than everything else. The habit, yeah. the habit is stronger than anything else. Throughout my old episodes, and I've always preached about how some people get too comfortable in a relationship, and they don't want to start all over. And they go through the whole circle and circle until they realize when the kids are older, when the kids themselves sometimes tell you, oh, you should leave them. And then you're like, really? But um, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you weren't scared from the beginning to think about it, because usually people have, families have backlashes on people when they break up. When they say, okay, you broke up with your husband and you left your husband and now you went up to another relationship? You know I went through that. I had half my family telling me not to do it, that I was crazy, stay away from him. 
Uh, and then I had the other half of the family telling me, have fun, enjoy it, you know, be buddies, be buddies, do, do whatever you want in your life. My family is old school, but at the same time, they're not. It's like a mix of opinions in them. My aunt and my grandmother were the main two women telling me, get home, have fun, don't take them serious, use them, fuck them, leave them. That was their thing with me. <laughs> um, then I had my grandfather, my uncle, uh, my mom, and other family members that would tell me, be careful, slow down, take care of yourself, you know, focus on yourself more than anything. How about you? What did your family say when, when you told them that you were dating someone who had a kid? I mean, it, it didn't phase them. It was, it was a regular. You know, my grandma, go out. Let her rest in peace, bro. I love her. She, you know, she, she played me. She was like, when I took her over there, she was like, um, cuidado con ese que es un picaflor. Yo. She sat me down on her dining room table and told me, you should run. You should run. You should stay away from him. He doesn't care. He has a new one every day. Like, all oh, these shit. bad things. How was your mental health with all this in between all this transition? It looks to me like it went pretty quick from one relationship to slowly starting another one. So who said I love you first, matter of fact? He did. <laughs> she, I mean, so she did. She did. She did. No, he did. Okay. We can argue that forever. We argued it at church before. Yeah. He did. <laughs> Wait, so this is when you first started going out? You said I love you before you went out or after you went out? That was after. And she did it first. She told you I love you first. No, I ain't gonna lie. I said it first. Um, it was all in, in basically cycles and steps. It wasn't all like we just jumped in and that's it. You know, we were friends, friends with benefits for a while. And we just kind of like grew into each other um, with time. And one day we were like, I saw myself like, sleeping with her in her room every day so i'm like, jumping out the bed when jojo when jojo falls off the bed or, or he gets hurt i'm like jumping out the bed like trying to rescue him and stuff like that so i'm like we might as well move in together <laughs> he told me empty out some drawers so that i can bring my clothes in here oh, and i was like okay and then like two weeks later he comes to me and says i found an apartment we're moving in you should come see it with me. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm not ready for that. And then like two days after that, he goes, so when, I'm, when are we moving into the apartment? And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know when I agree to that. He's like, trust me, it's the best thing for us. I'm like, okay. I'm a salesman, bro. <laughs> he kept bugging me for like a week. And then at the end of the week, I was just like, all right, let's move in. What Whatever. Made you, let's what made you want to decide to say, okay, I'm willing to take another shot and move in? Because you left the home before, so now you know. You know, going back to your family's house is more of like a comfort zone. You know, you mm -hmm. don't. But now you're you took a chance again and said, "All right, I'm ready to go back out." What was going through your mind? What was going through my mind was I found somebody that loves my son. I found somebody that loves me. I found somebody that loves my family. I found somebody that has me on this gold platter and treats me like a queen. I've never had anybody sit next to me and treat me the way that he does. And he did from day one. And throughout these 10 years, he's still been consistent with that treatment. 
the same as me with him. I didn't want to lose that, especially after the bad experience that I had for all those years. I did not want to lose that person that made me feel like I was actually worth something. What made you propose? What made me propose? Yeah, what was it? What was it like for you? Dang, seven years. Yeah, it took us six years to put our bank accounts together. Um, That's another question, the bank accounts. How does that work? Like, how do you feel about the bank account? Because well, well, my my thing was my thing was that I, I don't do budgets, okay. so I just spend without worrying about a budget. So having my money separate, we talked about it. It was inconvenient, so we made the right decisions. Put the bank accounts together. She handles the money, and that's about it. At the end of the day, this is my partner. I have nothing to lose with her nothing to hide so everything why can't it be together was there any ever any doubts i know in any relationship there's always some type of downfall or drift you know we always go through it but sometimes people don't take the next step and deal with it some people just run away from it i mean i mean it's it's all individual perspective because the thing is that People think that being in a relationship means that you're going to be happy 100% of the time. Um, and it's, it's like a roller coaster, man. You're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs. And when you have your downs, you just have to always be, you know, aware of what's important, you know. And if you're going through stuff, what you can do to make things better especially if if what you have is worth it if you you're going through problems in your relationship all the time consistently and you guys can't come up with a resolution um, or a way to make your relationship better then that's that's the point where you should find out you know if you both are emotionally feeling walking away but you're gonna think that you're gonna have a perfect relationship you're never gonna settle down uh, we we gone through a lot. And basically, you having issues. It's something is bothering you that you, the other person is doing. Um, communication is key. Like if you don't have communication in a relationship, where people have expectations for their their partners to to do certain things or have certain things, but don't commute communicate those expectations, and they do the things that are not expected, then they feel let down. And lack of communication, like, keeps a relationship from evolving. We always talk about everything. Changing our normality. Sometimes we have boundaries ourselves. Sometimes we have addictions or like, we're accustomed to certain things. I have had many friends that they love to drink and they repeatedly like to drink a lot. Or they love to smoke or they're gamers or they have an, a, a, such a strong hobby that sometimes it affects a relationship. Have you ever come around something like that in your relationship that you felt like she has her, her hobbies, you have your hobbies, and we want to make sure it doesn't clash? Because no matter what, you're still a human being, and you need a distant space to be yourself as well, too. We are actually completely opposites when it comes to social lives. He likes to hang out. He likes to have friends. He likes to go out and, you know, kind of let go of the issues or problems and just step away from it all for a little bit. For a few hours i like to be home i like to be home i like my family to be home i like us to be safely home i'm a homebody i don't care about socializing i don't care about friends i don't care about any of that 
So how do you so, how do you handle the when you're when you're about to blow up when you're about to like break the wall? Throughout the first seven years of our relationship, we clashed a lot because I didn't understand why it was that he needed that, and he didn't understand why it was that I needed that. So instead of us listening to each other and actually hearing each other out, we would argue about it. I would kick him out the house. I would tell him I hate him. I don't love him anymore. I wanted the relationship to end. I can't deal with this. You're still being a hoe in the streets. Was this drama that you were bringing because of your past experience? Yes. When did you realize that that was affecting your, you know, your present experience? I realized that my trust issues with him were because of everything that I went through in the past with my ex. Um, I was going through his cell phone. I was listening in on conversations. I was going through his emails. Oh my God, I would check his wallet. I would check the phone call history, the texting history on the cell phone plan, just to make sure that he wasn't deleting messages. I would check Okay, so fine. I mean, I've met many people that do that. We can call them FBI, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. I had a, I had an FBI on me. And and, that's, and I have a future episode with people that play the FBI role on, on their boyfriends all the time. It's scary. <laughs> when did you understood that she was also going through that that re- the reason why she was acting that way was because because of her past experience? I understood because at the beginning when we first got together, like officially, officially, I was a hoe. I was still a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got, I kind of messed up and I brought it upon myself. Um, so I knew that that was partly my fault. Um, and I was just on a path to redeeming myself, brother. You know, because this is a great woman right here. So, it's, live and learn. it's a live and learn process, the way I look exactly, at it. Exactly, bro. Exactly. He is actually the person that noted it out to me. I think that you're doing this because of everything that you went through. And we had to take it step by step so that we can notice that who we were in the past and who we were with in the past is not who we are with now. He was the one that sent me down after an argument. I think it was the day after an argument. He just came to me and said, I'm sorry. I think this is happening. And I know it's going to take time, but I think we can get through this. So here's another question I have for both of you. Eventually, you guys had a kid together, correct? Yeah. And Andrea, you have experience already with the whole baby, you know, newborn, the whole experience, correct? Yes. Any advice would you give people out there for newborn parents, for the first time parents? Because uh, the relationship is never the same the first couple of months, maybe the first two years when you have a kid, because your priority is not what you used to do, it's taking care of the baby. And you may have to deal with postpartum, you may have to deal with sleep anxiety and not even sleep at all. And I wonder for you, since you already have a child, Andrea, and you didn't have a child, this is your first time doing that, was there any experiences or any tough times you went through in that beginning process? Because I've met many people that said that first year's rough. Wait, can I say it? You wanna brag about what? I wanna brag about everything. So my kids are awesome. My kids were sleep trained at a month old. They did not wake up through the line at all after they were on old. I had a section, an emergency C-section, and they left me on the bed. I couldn't walk, I couldn't get up, I couldn't do absolutely anything. Um, I couldn't deal with the pain. So he was taking care of the baby at night. 
he would make sure that the bottles were ready for the day. He would make sure that somebody was there to take care of me uh, and that I had somebody there by my side. He would make sure that my food was ready before he went to work in the morning the next day. He was working 10 to 12 hours a day uh, during that time. And he would still wake up, did everything as a father. And finally, when he said to me, all right, tonight is your night. Tonight is your first night to shine, babe. You got this. You're going to wake up when the baby wakes up. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. George, my son did not wake up. Oh, what? Wow. The last night that he took care of him was the last night that he woke up in the middle of the night. What? I mean, lucky you, man, because, you know, my experience with my firstborn, um, he's colicky, so he woke up every 90 minutes, an hour. The thing with me is I, I didn't like to sleep a lot when I was younger, so I had a strategy was how can I stay awake really late at night without, you know, waking up? Because I feel like if I go to sleep and I wake up, I can't go back to sleep. I have that, I have that issue. So I used to stay late at night playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Back oh then. my God, I remember those nights. Yeah, and, then, and I used to stay up to 3 o'clock in the morning with my guy friend. Like, yo, mm -hmm. yo, the babies, I'm going you know, to play with you guys, but cover for me because the baby, I've changed his diaper. I have to burp him. <laughs> but then, like, around 3 o'clock in the morning, you're, you're every playing night, daddy duty. That's what you're playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had him on my shoulder here, or I had him in the rocker next to me while I'm playing because what it was that she used to work, you know, in the morning. So I used to cover the late night. Because I didn't mind that, you know, I had a thing, I didn't really want to sleep as much, but I had a lot of energy, but like around three o'clock in the morning, it was like, yes, that's it. Last change, last bottle, I could finally sleep. And those three or four hours were magical for me, but I realized I had a lot of patience to do this. But then I was realizing that little by little is, I feel like we, anyone, like me and her, or and like anyone I've met, also told me, just spark kind of stops a little bit between you and them, because your life becomes very routine. Every day, you take over the baby at nighttime, you play PlayStation, you feed the baby, daytime you guys go to work, and it becomes repetitive. And then you're thinking in your head, wait a minute, where is our me time together again? How can we rebuild that again? And it, luckily for us, we figured it out after like a year that, hey, you know, maybe we should go on a date again. Or once, you know, get grandma to take care of the baby just to rebuild something. I've met couples that to this day, they still can't reconnect after one, two, three years later. Matter of fact, some men I met that tell me they are not happy with their wife because of their body or the postpartum. I mean, that's there's personal issues, you know, that people have. Like you look at how society has you today, thinking that you have to have things a certain way in order for it to be perfect. Perfection doesn't come in, you know, what you see on TV and stuff like that. Perfection comes in what makes you happy. Perfection comes in and in, in what you you want to have every day, what you want to see every day. If you and your partner are going through some situation where, let's say, your partner's getting overweight and you're not happy with that, um, some, some people take it offense if you have that conversation. But these are conversations that, for the relationship, you have to have them. You have to be honest um, with how you feel in, in, in the, in the uh, relationship. If one person is unhappy and doesn't communicate that to the other person, um, the other person think that, thinks that everything is okay. So, you know, then they're clashing because the other person thinks it's okay, but it bothers the other person. So, like I said, communication in any type of relationship can help propel the, the, the relationship forward.
That's the key. That's the key in a relationship. So my mom was a big help for us, and so were his parents. We always went away to visit family on the weekends. We didn't just stay home. Um, during the first year, I didn't work. So from newborn to until he was a year old, I stayed home every day. It was a stay-at-home mom. And then he took the turn from when Layden was a year old until he was two years old to stay home with him. What we actually agreed on was that until our son knew how to communicate what he was feeling or what he was going through, we didn't want him to be in a daycare. Luckily for us, we were able to do it because our expenses were low and our income was a good amount. Mm. But that helped us a lot with not being in a routine of everything. That helped us a lot with keeping the spark alive. And what also... Was your, what, was your, what was your first date after you had your baby? Our first date after we had laid in... I think we went dancing. It was right after the hurricane that hit Jersey in 2012. Oh my God, I remember that. Right? And we decided out of nowhere, eh, you know what? Your office is closed. I don't work. So we drove out to PA to visit friends and then friends' house didn't have electricity. So we were like, eh, let's go visit the parents. So we went to visit his parents and we just stayed there. And then we're like, why don't you guys just go out? We'll stay with the babies. And we're like, okay. So we went out that night. We had a blast. And it helped us kind of refresh our mind. You think it's important for us parents to do that? Like just really go out there and really take care of ourselves? What, what's important is to step outside your routine. That's, that's what's important because once you step outside your routine, you get to, to see another perspective of, you know, try something different, try something new. That creates you know, emotion, it, cre it creates a, a better for the relationship because if you're just doing everything, the same thing every single day, you don't, you know, you don't change it. It's, it's not going to be beneficial for you. A few years later, I might have to break it down to me. Let me know when, when did you make the big decision? Because you did something that I want my audience to know that was very, very important. Can you let the audience know what was the decision that you made? Decided to adopt um, Jojo, um, Andrea's son, which now is my son, legally. Um, it was a decision that we all made together. I've always felt like Jojo was so much like me. Um, it's I, creepy. Uh, yeah, I call him my soul child. It's <laughs> so creepy. Um, he's a lot like me. So it was just, we were, we were a family, bro. And we talked about it we he went through a lot his his father um donor sperm donor made us go through a little bit when we tried to have a family trip we were going to go to dominican republic because i was going to propose to andrea she didn't know at that time um but we basically got him to sign the paper so we can go to dr so at that point we had already talked about you know getting married um me adopting Jojo. Jojo was happy with me adopting him. Um, but with all this turmoil that came about, we actually, the point is that we actually got married a little bit sooner than we were supposed to get married um, because of the adoption. But it was great, man, because now, now on top of everything, we have the freedom to say, hey, we want to go enjoy family time with my son, my other son, and my wife. 
it's it's something that we don't have to worry about anymore. Um, and it's it's been one of the best decisions of my life because, like I told you, he's my soul child, bro. Like me and him are so much alike. We actually had a problem in regards to that word and in regards to the word father with his with his birth father. His birth father would see him every so often and he would tell him, that man is not your dad. Stop calling him dad. I'm your dad. You, I, you're supposed to call me dad. You're supposed to call me papi, not papi angel. You're supposed to call me just papi. That's it. I'm your dad. You're supposed to call him by his name because he's not your dad. He would come home and he would be confused and I would notice it, that he wasn't calling him dad. He was calling him, he wouldn't even say Whirlin, he wouldn't say dad, he wouldn't say papi, he wouldn't say anything. He would just try to avoid that portion of the sentence completely. So instead of him saying, hey papi, can I have a cup of water? He would say, hey, can I have a cup of water? And I asked him, what's going on with you? Why are you not, why are you not talking to your dad the way they usually do? And he's like, well, my birth dad told me that he's not my dad, he's my stepdad, and that I'm not supposed to call him dad. And I explained to him that the word dad and the word father is something that you say out of respect to the person, out of love to that person. I never told him to call him dad. I never told him to call, to look at him as his father. And at six or seven years old, this is a conversation that I was having with my son. That conversation continued until he was, how old was he when, when you adopted him? Three years ago, 10 years old. Continued so, for four years. Now, is there any relationship with the sperm donor? No. When we moved down to Florida two years ago, I gave him the, I always gave him the option to stay in contact with him if he wants to. I always told him, I'm not going to make you make that decision of walking away. You have another family. You know that you have another family. You're a lucky kid because you have another family. And I don't want you to forget about them. I gave him the decision and I told him that he was mature enough to decide whether he wanted to speak to them or not. He actually messaged me when we first moved down to Florida and asked me for, for JoJo's phone number. And before I gave it to him, I asked my son, can I give it to him? And he said, yeah, no problem. So he messages him. <laughs> he says, hey, it's your father. And my son replied, okay, dot, dot, dot. What do you want? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then he replied, I just wanted to say hi. And he's like, okay, hi. And then after that, he never responded. <laughs> That's the way love goes. I mean, Willie, you played a role that, it's a nice story to hear that people step in into people's lives and make a big difference. Um, not a lot of people do that. Some stepdads and dads fight all the time. But like I said, you're the father. You took care of the baby. Since he was two years old, you took Andrea. And, you know, even though you said I love you first, you know, it was a bond. <laughs> it was a bond. But now, as much as I think that's a wonderful story, I do have some questions for both of you. What's something people seem to misunderstand about you? People think I'm mean because I'm straightforward. I don't sugarcoat anything. So people take it as me being um, a mean, a meanie. Uh, I don't know if I can curse, but a bitch. Yeah, you can curse on your own. The title is literally called Live It Love It. 
No, so people t- people think I'm a bitch. I always have a resting bitch face. I always have a serious face. I'm not always smiling. But when you get to know me, I am all jokes, all play, all games, you know. But when it comes time for me to tell you that you're messing up, I have a tendency to just spill it out and not even think about how I'm going to tell you. So people take that the wrong way. Well, I have a question for you. What advice would you give men that are dating women with kids and they're not sure if they want to take the next step or they're going through maybe some toxic, you know, backlash with baby daddy or maybe the, the girlfriend at the moment is still using her bad experience and bringing it to your new relationship? What, what advice would you give them? Communicate, communicate expectations, be upfront. Um, try to resolve everything, uh, every issue. Just, just if you really think it's worth it, try to make it work. Find a resolution. If, if you have to, because in the relationship you have to make sacrifices. Like for example, there was a time where I was going out too much. Um, we were going through that situation where she was like, you know, thinking that I'm, I'm trifling, doing this, doing that. Um, you know, she was like, hey, listen, you're going out too much. We got into a big argument because of that. Because I felt like I wasn't doing anything bad. And as we said before, I'm a social person. I need to have that that social activity. Um, she doesn't like that. I do. So, you know, she's like, you're going out too much, blah, 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 this and that. So we came to a resolution. I was like, you know, I stepped back. I was like, okay, I understand. Let me see what your point of view is. I'll take that into consideration, and we, you know, we came we came to a compromise in regards to stuff like that. Because if something's pulling from one side, man, you need that balance. Talk about it and balance it out. Andrea, if a, one of the listeners, if they're a single mom right now, what advice would you give them, and why? I would say that as women, we we have a habit of underestimating each other or ourselves and overthinking everything. After I learned that, I stopped overthinking and I started jumping into things. Everything, whether good or bad, is an experience and I can't regret it. And I don't regret it because it's a lesson learned. I think that single moms should just take a step back, take a deep breath, and kind of let things fall into place as they should, when they should. So who in the world would have told me that I would have met this man the day after I left my ex and would have been happily ever after? There's no guideline to fall in love in life. You just got to do it yourself and learn. And I think it's based on your partner, too. If you find a partner who's open-minded and doesn't just see one point of view and can analyze things at a different perspective and be able to see things, Whirly, quick question. If you could go back to your younger self and give an advice to yourself 15 years ago, what would it be? Invest in Facebook. <laughs> well, 15 years, no, that's way too far back. Probably 10 um, years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, I was 20. Yeah, yeah, I would have told myself, invest in Facebook. That's when you met me. Yeah. Invest in Facebook, brother. That's what I would have told myself. Now, um, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it, actually, because, you know, it led me to the point where I'm at now, so why, why even bother? Good answer. I always, I always tell people that. So my last question before we end the show, and it's something new that I'm trying to do on every episode, what does live it, love it, fuck it mean to you? Because I always tell people, we all pretty much go through live it, love it, fuck it. 
but I want to know what does that mean to you or what's your perspective of it? Live your life, love your life, fuck what everybody else thinks. Exactly. That's basically what it means. Cool. Live your life without regrets. Take every opportunity you get. Close your eyes, hold hands, and just jump the cliff. We've been living that way for, for the past two years. We decided to move to Florida. We closed our eyes. We kind of just jumped at it. Decided to change career paths, kind of jumped at it. Decided to buy a house, jumped at it. You know, we haven't given much thought to anything, and it's worked out. It's not when, when it's time. It's when you take action. Because you know you guys have each other no matter what. Exactly. Exactly, brother. And that's the most important part. We don't have anybody where we are. And we haven't really lived around a lot of people throughout our relationship. I like it like that. And he likes it in a way also because he gets to meet new people. And that's his thing. We do miss family. Family is important, especially for the children. It is very important for the children. What was your main reason for going to Florida? A new life, a new beginning. And moving to Florida actually changed the way that our relationship was going. It made it better. Because we were able to focus on us. Focus on us, focus on the kids. We had more time for us. So I do have a last-minute question that I have to start right now that I really think I want to start asking everyone I know as a parent. You know, with this whole COVID thing going on right now, right? What do you think about learning about sending kids back to school? There's something in right here in New York City, New Jersey, that's only asking parents, do you want to send your kids to school or keep them remotely? What's your opinion on that, guys? Well, since we live in Florida, we already went through that. <laughs> Our kids are going to go back in a couple of weeks. My kids are enrolled face-to-face, full-time. And on top of that, they actually have an after-school program they go to for two hours. That is an extended learning program, kind of a tutoring program. For, and it's going to be face-to-face as well. I don't have the blessing of being able to keep my kids at home to learn at home or to have the patience to teach them at home because I work full-time out of an office. Right now I'm doing work from home, but I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to do that for the end of the rest of the year. My thought on it is it is a virus. It is something that's never going to go away. It is something that not everybody's going to get the vaccination when it comes out. I'm not going to get it. And we just have to get used to it and consider it the new normal. It, it basically all depends on where, what situation you're in. Like if, if you live close to family and you have a family member that can take care of your kids while you go, you know, um, oh wait, no, they're going to school. If you don't have family members to take care of your kids, you have to send them to school. You know, if you do have the family members and stuff like that, then you're good. But we don't live close to anybody, so we don't have any option on, on saying, hey, you know, I'm working, you can pick up my kid, I'm while I'm at work or anything like that. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot harder for us. Yeah, I thought, I thought Florida was also going to do remote learning next, next fall. I thought that was part of the plan. They're giving us, the, they're giving Option. us three options. Yeah. So it's part-time online, part-time in school, full-time online or full-time in school. Because we both work and we both, I have a steady schedule. He has this crazy schedule. We're unable to, to do the at-school home learning. 
And this past few months when they were learning from home full time, it was hard. It was hard on me and it was hard on them that kids need socializing. They can't just be home all the time. Yep. Oh, man. I, I, that's another episode I'm going to do sometime in the near future with a lot of parents. <laughs> Don't be surprised if I add you guys to that. <laughs> and the other thing is, too, that when they go to school, even if they don't take PE, they get exercises, they get their bodies working. And I do believe that in order for you to fight something this strong, you need that. Um, the only thing that I'm against right now is that in their school, they don't go to a public school, they go to a charter school. In their school, they're going to have to wear a mask all day long. Um, until they go outside to to switch classes because their their hallways are open air, luckily. It's gonna be tough. We all have to make decisions about this real soon. And it's like you don't want to really make a decision with your kids, but just to pay the bills and all you have to. Yeah. But besides this, I do thank you guys for taking your time out to talk about it. You're the first couple I had here talk in, in the podcast and like I said it was Yay. good. It was good to it was good for you guys to share your stories and not every story is perfect. We all go through ups and downs. So that's why it was important for me to get your point of views because, hey, you're giving hope to somebody out there who's listening right now. Yes, ladies, stay true to yourself. Stay true to your children. If the man comes along that is meant to be with you and that respects you, then, you know, give it a time. It will happen. Don't lose faith on that. I mean, fellas, um, if you're worried about a white a girl having a kid, that's not yours you know you you could be miss, missing out on a really good opportunity because um, women with kids man they're the best they're basically <laughs> the best because they're focused they're focused on, on their kid um, and they're focused on family so if if you're looking to settle down get yourself a, a woman with a kid that's focused you know there's not a lot of people out there that focus too there's some of those you know people out there that don't want to be focused with their kids. They want to, they want their single life back. And yes. that's, another, that's, that's another conversation in the future. But, I, know, I know, you know, you know, that, 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 that earning for a single life is, is part of our nature, but. Um, it's the generation that we're in. We're, we're, we have social media in front of us that's showing us everything. Back then when I was young, to hear stories and ideas from people, I had to talk to the older guy from the hood or a family yeah. member. You know, I'm only one <laughs> click away to see I'm one click away from seeing anything I want on the internet. And especially if there's couples out there that are partying their life off and going on vacations all day and you're home paying your bills and working routine. That's when, you know, a lot of this misinterpretation comes into play sometimes. But like I said, that's for another episode. So I want to yes. thank you guys and I appreciate it so much for you guys taking time out. Alrighty. Thank you, George. Thank you.